You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And uh, pray tonight the Lord will use it in our lives. Here we think about this passage, and when you look at God's plan, uh, God's plans always come true. God's plans are always fulfilled. Have you ever had a plan that did not come to fruition? <laughs> uh, have you ever planned something out and, and not only did it not come how you planned it, it didn't even come about at all? And, you know, there, there are times where our planning does not even begin to come true. But when we, we look into God's Word, we find that a sovereign God is always working to fulfill His plan. I think about this whole event where Joseph now is helping his family. Here he is, already been sold into slavery. And we look at it and we think, I wonder if this is what Joseph planned. Well, we know that it wasn't. But when we go through the scriptures, we see that God did have a plan. You see, God had a plan for a nation to be born. God had a plan not only for the nation of Israel to exist, but God had a plan for the nation of Israel to be saved. Uh, the promises of the Abrahamic covenant in uh, Genesis chapter 12, uh, they were going to be fulfilled. No matter what mankind did, God's promises were going to come true. And we may wonder, how in the world is this promise going to come true when you have, uh, in, back in Genesis chapter 12, an old man, and you have an old woman, and you have no children, yet God promises that they were going to have a child. Not only were they going to have a child, their seed would be, Abraham's seed would be as the stars of the sky, as the sand of the sea. How is this going to happen? How will God work to accomplish and fulfill uh, his, uh, to fulfill what he promised uh, when he promised a son to an old man and to an old lady? Uh, here, uh, Abraham, uh, before Isaac was born, he was a hundred years old. Sarah was 90. That just blows your mind. Genesis 45, we, we are the Abrahamic covenant, we believe, was around 2040 B.C. And here when Je Genesis 45 is taking place and Joseph is in uh, Egypt, it's about 1878 B.C. So 162 years approximately has transpired uh, between the time that the Abrahamic covenant has, has been given and the time that Joseph is now uh, in the land of Egypt. And then we, we recognize that it's going to be another 400 years in Egypt before God brings them through Moses out of the land of Egypt and into the promised land. There's so much that God was doing 
You see, God's sovereignty and God's might, God's power, God's intellect, God's purposes, uh, God's plan uh, begins to unfold. Yet, hundreds of years transpire before the nation of Israel is set up in Canaan. And so tonight, I want to just revel in the fact that we have an amazing God. We have an amazing God who, who is always working. We have an amazing God who is, who is not stifled and handcuffed by the affairs of man. Uh, the election process is not going to stop our God from working. Whoever is in the White House, uh, President Biden, uh, and as, as uh, one of the men said, uh, be, be in prayer for our president, and he is our president. And, you know, with that, uh, we need to recognize that no matter who is, is in the White House, we still have a God who is on the throne. And so tonight, I just want to stop and think about how great of a God we have. No matter what's happening in Washington, D.C., no matter what's happening down in Sacramento, no matter what's happening in our country, no matter what's happening in our county, no matter what's happening in our community or in our culture or in our church, we have a God in heaven who is in control. So let's go back to our text uh, this evening, Genesis chapter 45 and verse number 3. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now think about that meeting. How would you like to have been those brothers? Oh man, what do you think that was running through their mind? Oh no, here it comes. Uh, let's go on. Now therefore, be not grieved, Joseph's response, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For the, these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Tonight I want to speak to you on the subject when God reorganizes. When God reorganizes. And let's pray together. Father, we need you tonight, and, and I pray that, Lord, as we have gathered, that our minds, our hearts uh, would be open. I pray that you would help us to set aside uh, anything that is uh, pressing, uh, any distraction that has grabbed our attention. I pray that, uh, Lord, you would just help us uh, to focus on the truths of your word tonight, and may your people uh, be encouraged and helped, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. When you think about reorganizing, you automatically have to agree that there was some organization already there. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. You have things organized on your dresser. You know what I'm talking, you know where I'm going with this? You have everything organized on your dresser. Uh, you walk in and you empty your pockets and you set everything down and it's right where you left it. 
and you know exactly where it's at. But there's somebody else that lives in the house that decides it needs to be reorganized. And when it gets reorganized, you can't find it. Matter of fact, it's no longer on the dresser. It's not on the bedstand. You find it on a shelf in the closet. Somebody reorganized. You know what? In my life, many times I have found that God has reorganized my life. I had a plan. And I had my goals, and I had my dreams, and I had my aspirations. And I had it all figured out how things were going to go. But somebody reorganized. You know, that reorganization comes, and when God is the one reorganizing, God had a different plan. You know, we understand that God is smarter than us, right? We know that. But when God reorganizes our life, how do we respond? You know, to be honest, is there something going on back here? All right, guys, just turn that off, please. Uh, just so it's not a distraction, thank you. All right, I'm just seeing everybody looking up and trying to read some little box there, so we'll just uh, turn that off. All right, so uh, when God reorganizes, God reorganizes, and, and now uh, the things that we had planned uh, are no longer the same. You see, God does not need our permission to reorganize. Let me say that again. God does not need our permission to reorganize. Amen. God does not need our approval to disrupt our world. Is that true? Now, I'm not saying that we have to like it. I'm not saying that we have to enjoy it. I'm not saying that it has to be something that, that, that we, we are saying, man, I, I'm just happy about this. But the reality is God doesn't need our approval. God is the God of heaven and earth. And God is the God who rules and reigns. And one day, praise the Lord, he will return. Uh, but God doesn't need our permission uh, to reorganize our life. Pro- Psalm chapter 75 and verse number 7, the Bible says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Uh, today was the inauguration of a new president, President Biden. You know what? God puts one down and sets another up. Amen. Is, is God off the throne because a president is in that you didn't vote for? Absolutely not. And we know that academically, but we have to recognize that uh, God is still in control. And uh, today, uh, when President Biden was, was inaugurated uh, president of the United States, uh, God is still on the throne. And God's, uh, his authority and his power and his might has not changed one single bit. Daniel chapter 2 and verse number 20 and 21, Daniel answered and said, 
said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You see, God has worked in many ways that are outside our view of God's will. I wonder how many, how many times or how often we really feel that we know God's will. And when things don't work our way, it must not be God's will. Is that true? You see, God's will is is God's will, and it may not line up with our will. And what we think God's will is, I wonder when we go into Scripture and we see events that take place in people's lives, if they thought, surely this is God's will. Now, here in Daniel chapter 2, let's read those verses again. Uh, grab your Bibles, go there. Uh, I know usually the Scripture's up on the screen, uh, but uh, Daniel chapter number 2. And, and I want you to read these verses with the understanding that Daniel's home city was destroyed. Daniel was taken as a teenager from his own home, from his own homeland. He was taken as a slave. He was made a eunuch. Everything in his life was changed. Absolutely. And then let's read these verses with these thoughts in mind. When, when Jerusalem, the holy city, has been destroyed. Uh, when his hometown has been ravaged. When his own life has been taken captive. Uh, let's read these verses again. Daniel, Daniel chapter 2 verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, whose wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Everything was not going good in Daniel's life. And what he was experiencing was far more troublous times than we could even imagine. Yet here his response was, blessed be the name of God. Blessed be God. He recognized that what he was going through was God's will. A storm in life does not mean it's not God's will. Let me say that again. A storm in life does not mean it's not God's will. And so here, God is reorganizing. We're going to look at Joseph's life, but we could look at not just Joseph's life, we could look at Job's life. We could look at Jonah's life. We could, look at, uh, we could look at many people in the Word of God and see how their lives were impacted and, and some terrible things that have happened to them. And yet, we see that in everything, God was reorganizing, 
to accomplish his will. So when God reorganizes, uh, number one, when God, reorgan when God reorganizes the world. And you know what, right now, uh, 2020, God reorganized the world. And I probably have said it myself, uh, the devil is, is doing a work. And yes, he may be doing a work, but the devil can only do what God lets him. And God is reorganizing the world. 2020 brought with it a reorganization of the world. A pandemic has reorganized the entire world. It used to be when you saw somebody in their car with a mask, you thought, what's wrong with them? But now it's normal. When we, when we look at how our world has been impacted, everything has changed. You look at the World Health Organization. Look at the place the CDC has in our life. In 2019, if somebody mentioned the CDC, you would think, oh, that's where we get stats. It was not, it's not where you get your daily directives. The world has changed. Everything has changed. Well, the world, when God reorganizes the world, uh, we look at a pandemic. We look at fear that is rampant in our, in our world today. It is, a, it is a real thing. Fear is something that people have been gripped by. We went out to eat the, uh, last night, and one of the moms, the waitress was one of the moms for uh, some kids that ride our buses when, when the buses were running. And she told me when I was checking out, she said, my daughter has not come out of her room. He, she said, she's so afraid, I can't get her to come out of her room. You know, the fear that is here. It has not just affected the adults, it's, it's down and it has gripped the hearts of even the children. The world has changed. And we look around at everything that's happening and we can say, uh, man, I, I just want everything to go back to normal. But maybe normal is not what God's plan is. When God reorganizes the world, COVID-19 has, has reorganized uh, the world. It has reorganized how uh, commerce has been uh, done. It has reorganized how business has been uh, transacted. It has, it has reorganized everything uh, about uh, the, the interaction in our world around us. So when God reorganizes, first of all, the world, but secondly, when God reorganizes your world, it's one thing when it's affecting everything out there, but when it's affecting my bubble, it's different. You know, God is still God when the world around us is being reorganized. God is still God when our world is being reorganized. It's not just that you and I thought that God's will 
was the same as our will. He had a different will. And he has the right to come in and reorganize. You know, if if one of the kids came in the house and reorganized, now if Bella came in the house and reorganized, it'd be okay. But if one of the kids came in and started reorganizing, it'd be a different story. It's like, what are you doing? Put that back. But when she reorganizes, hands off. That's how you want it, and it's all good. Are we the same way with the Lord? Sometimes He doesn't put things in our life the way we want Him to put it in our life. Sometimes He shakes things up that we didn't want shook up. Sometimes He reorganizes and moves uh, things from how we would want it to be done. When God reorganizes my world, and and when I look at this and I look at Joseph, uh, we're going to look at several things here about Joseph's life. Uh, So uh, when God reorganizes my world, my happiness, look with me at Genesis chapter 37. And of course, when I say my happiness, we're going to look at Joseph and and we can make the application of ourselves as we tie these two together. Genesis chapter 37 and look with me at verse number 17 and we'll read down through verse number 24 of Genesis chapter 37. In Genesis 37, the Bible says, And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, that is, uh, that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him that he, might be, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped uh, Joseph out of his coat and his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. You know what? We find here a world that was ravaged in Joseph's life. His world had been turned upside down. His, his, uh, his happiness, uh, I can just imagine here a, a joyful young man, uh, a young person who is uh, full of life and happiness, and he's an obedient young man. And here he was just on a, a mission to, uh, to find his brethren uh, for his dad, and, and so he finds himself uh, being hated. We see the hatred that's there, the conspiracy that's there, uh, the willingness of his brothers to let him die. And what do we find? A a boy whose happiness is stolen from him. When your world is reorganized. I wonder if Joseph was sitting in the pit thinking, 
Lord, I'm sure glad this is your will for my life. No. I can imagine him in that pit, just bewildered. What just happened? I can imagine the, the brokenness. I can imagine here him listening to his own brothers, his older brothers that he probably idolized. Talking about killing him. And just a, just a destruction here. And his world, God reorganized Joseph's world. What was taken from him? His happiness. What was taken from him? His home. His home. Look at verse number 26. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. And they were passed by uh, Midian, uh, Midianites uh, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought uh, Joseph into Egypt. So here, Joseph was, was considered to be sold off to a, a band of Ishmaelites. The uh, Midianites come by, the merchantmen, and they sell him to the merchantmen, the Midianites, and then they hand him off again to another group of Ishmaelites. And so Joseph here is being passed from one place to another. Uh, everything that was familiar to him is now gone. Joseph's world was turned upside down. He was ripped from his father. He was ripped from his family. He was ripped from his friends. He was ripped from everything familiar in his life. But we know that God was reorganizing. Why? Because God had a plan. God had a plan. And God's plan was such a plan that it was not just in Joseph's life. This was something that was in the works that God was weaving in that was going to take hundreds of years to come about. All to fulfill a promise that God made in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. That the Messiah was going to come. All to fulfill the promise that he had made to Abraham in Genesis 12. And everything that we read in this passage and all that Joseph is experiencing, we see how God was reorganizing. God was reorganizing his happiness and God was reorganizing his home and God was reorganizing his health. You know, we, we realize how much impact stress has on our health. I think that as Joseph was lying in the pit and listening to these hateful things being said about him by his brothers, as he was chained and enslaved by the Ishmaelites and going and being dragged to a, a heathen land, as Joseph was 
placed up on top of an auction block as a chunk of meat or as a mere object just to be sold off and used, purchased. As Joseph was maligned and mistreated by Potiphar and his wife, Joseph sat in the prison and yet years passed by. I wonder what was going on in Joseph's mind. I wonder what was going on in his own well-being. You know, when God reorganizes, sometimes he reorganizes by bringing some health of him into our life. You know, I, I hate the word cancer. I hate it. And there are people that have just heard that term and the fear that it brings, the uncertainty that it brings. But maybe God has allowed some physical illness to come into our life. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's surgery. Maybe there's some chronic pain that is going to be dealt with. Is God off the throne? Now, I'm being careful saying that. I have never experienced chronic pain. And there are people that are here that have. And they know exactly what it is. And you know, when God reorganizes our life and he allows something to come in, is God still God? You know what? We, we better figure that out. You know, the older I get and all of a sudden things start hurting more and then I hear people talking about different ailments. Just recently I told one of the men, boy, this is great what I get to look forward to. If I live long enough, I get to look forward to all these things. They call it the golden years. Why? Because the doctor gets all the gold. That's why. And, you know, we, we don't know what God is going to reorganize and allow to come into our life. But does God have the right to reorganize my world? It's one thing to say that God can reorganize the world. It's something else to say God can reorganize my world. And here when we think about this, uh, the, the uh, life of Joseph, uh, the physical health, the mental health, I'm sure that there were injuries uh, physically as a slave in a day when they had absolutely no rights. I am sure that there were burdens and pressures and abuses that he experienced physically Mentally, when God reorganizes my home, when God reorganizes my happiness, when God reorganizes my health, 
when God reorganizes my heart's desire. Go to Genesis chapter 50. And in Genesis chapter 50, we are going to see how all of this comes to fruition. And, and in Genesis 45, Joseph here is, is finding out whether or not I, his, his father is still alive. Jacob is alive. And he's going to come and, and he's going to see him again. Uh, now in chapter 50, uh, there has already been some time passed. And now Jacob is dead. And, and now Joseph is there. Uh, and his brothers are still there. Uh, look with me at verse number 15, Genesis chapter 50. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requit us of all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying. Now, I always wonder if Jacob said anything. But their story's a good story. And if I was in their place, I would tell this exact same story. But I don't know whether or not Jacob said any of this. I wonder if it was just them trying to save their, their back. Uh, and so uh, here he said, uh, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sins. And they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy servants, of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Now wait a second. If we were in the place of Joseph, what would our response be? I'm not sure my response would be like Joseph's response. I've got a pretty vengeful streak in me. I had a big brother. And I was looking for ways to get even. Joseph here, he had a bunch of big brothers. And they had abused him beyond any imagination. And now when Joseph is in a place where he has power, he has position, he has the ability to get revenge, Joseph here, he said, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. You see, all that God had done in Joseph's life, all the reorganization that God had brought about in his life uh, would never be according to what he would have planned. Yet God's plan was perfect. God's plan was perfect. He would never have envisioned or dreamed of what God had brought into his life to bring about this great deliverance. Yet God in his sovereignty did. You see, God used it all. 
God used the hurts, and God used the anguish, and God used the injury. God used it all for good. Was it all for good for Joseph? Well, some was good. Some of the things turned out in Joseph's life that were blessings. But not all of it was about Joseph. Was it all for his brothers? Well, there were benefits that the brothers received out of what God was doing in Joseph's life, just a little bit. Was it for his family legacy? Maybe a little. But God used it all to fulfill a promise that he had that one day through Abraham's seed would come a Savior. You see, everything that Joseph went through is still being worked out today. God's plan's perfect. Let me say that again. God's plan is perfect. You see, you and I are here today because God allowed a young boy to go through some horrendous events and in it all when his life was completely reorganized there are still people's lives being impacted because of those events of that day because you and I have a savior because God had a perfect plan and he knew exactly what it was going to take to weave that plan, uh, to, to ordain uh, that there was going to be a nation of Israel uh, that was going to be saved uh, and was not going to be destroyed. Uh, you see, if Jacob's family was left in, in Canaan, they would have starved to death. And the Messiah would have never come. You see, when God reorganizes, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. You see, God knows what tomorrow is going to hold. God knows what next week is going to hold. God knows what next year is going to be hold. To hold is going to hold. And from Joseph's point of view, it was hundreds of years later before you could really see the fulfillment and the plan that God had. You see, these individuals thought it for evil. But as for you, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass it as, is this, as it is this day, to save much people alive. When God reorganizes, and God is still working, amen? Aren't you glad that God is not done? He's still working. And no matter how chaotic life may be, no matter how uh, upside down things seem to go in our country and in our world and our community and our culture, uh, no matter what takes place around us, God is still God. And He's working, and He has a plan, and if He reorganizes, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I go to my dresser to pick up the stuff off my dresser. 
And I have to remind myself, oh, it's not here anymore. I go over to the closet and I pull the door back. And I reach into the closet and on a different shelf. Now that's where my stuff is at. Is it different? Yes. Is it where I want it? No. But will it be okay? Yes. It'll be okay. And God has a clearer picture than what we have. And chaos and confusion may be a reality in our perspective, but it's not in God's perspective. When life is out of our control, remember. It is never out of His control. Father, I pray that You'd help us, Lord, as, this, as we live in these days and so much uncertainty in our world and in our country and, and, Lord, even in our own community, things are just upside down. But I pray that, Lord, You would help us in our own lives uh, to recognize that You have the right to reorganize our lives. And I pray that you would help us to just be faithful to you. I pray that our, our confidence, our trust, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just uh, to grab on to our faith and our trust in you and realize that you know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly what you're doing. And so I pray that you would just work in the lives of your people and help us, Lord, as we go through uh, these days in our lives. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Uh, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.